0: Hello all, it's a Sunday and so of course what am I doing? I'm mixing down this week's podcast and in this particular podcast we're going to be talking to a really interesting guy who had the brilliant idea of setting up the Master Collection, the Master Photography Programme on board one of the world's most luxurious cruise lines. Uh, This week I'm talking to Keith Roberts. (laughs) Hello, 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 hello. Well, it's a Sunday. It's quiet in the studio. Um, having said that, the wind is absolutely howling around us. I don't know whether it's a storm or something. I've not 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 looked it up, uh, but all of my weather apps say dangerously windy. Uh, luckily I've only had one shoot to do today and that could be predominantly uh, indoors Uh, it's been quite a week just a quick update Uh, this is actually quite a long podcast so I'm only going to do a quick update Uh, we've had eight portrait shoots this week all of them amazing of course It's funny doing portrait shoots. I'm terrified of them, if the truth be told. Every time the door opens, I'm really, really nervous, and then afterwards, I'm on an all-time high. Uh, And one day in particular, we had to—I had to do three portrait shoots in reasonably uh, short succession. And of course, you have the terror, the high, the terror, the high, the terror, the high. Uh, And I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. Um, But it's been a really, really nice week. We've had one reveal. The client loved their images. That's always lovely. They were such a nice family. Um, and uh, they really, really like their pictures. And, of course, it, it sort of it makes the whole thing worthwhile uh, when it's like that. Uh, a really, really lovely thing. Not many reveals, given I'm shooting at about eight shoots a week at the moment. Uh, the reveals uh, have gone quiet for a minute. Uh, I suspect that's to do with school timings and a whole load of other stuff. Uh, looking at the diary over the coming couple of weeks, it's going to be back-to-back reveals. Uh, one wedding pitch, which I'm fingers crossed uh, we won. Um, they made all the right noises. Of course, you're never entirely certain uh, but they were a lovely, lovely couple, and I really, really hope that I get to do that wedding. Uh, one planning meeting, a wedding planning meeting with a client who we have definitely won, uh, and talking to her about how many, how many, how we can get the photos into the timings of her day, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Now the big thing that's happened this week actually is we've moved the office round. Um, there's three of us in the office, and I got fed up of sitting right down at the far end. And if you hadn't noticed, uh, you can hear it in the audio. I've moved and now where I'm recording is a little bit more echoey. There's a little bit more glass around me. Uh, but I'm now in the heart, right in the middle of the studio where I like to be, right in the thick of it. I'm like a, I'm like an insecure child, uh, feeling like my parents were talking about me and I couldn't work out what was going on. So <laughs> we've moved uh, and I'm busily rewiring things and getting everything nice and neat and tidy because it's been a Herculean effort uh, to do that. And then, of course, the major news of the week, the dog, the studio dog, Rufus has had his haircut. Every every couple of months he has a haircut. He looks fantastic. Uh, so that's done. Uh, right, on to this particular podcast. Now, for those of you who know, if you listened to last week's podcast, uh, you'll know uh, I am one of the photographers uh, that works on uh, cruise ships and a little bit more of that later. And I thought it'd be interesting while I was out on the previous cruise, uh, we're in South America, we're just off the coast of uh, Chile. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to interview the guy whose big idea it was to set this up in the first place. And so I asked him to start with, well,
1: who are you? Would you like me to answer that question?
0: Yeah, I'd like you to answer that
1: question. Okay. Uh, Keith Roberts, I'm the uh, operations director for Paragon Pixels, and I've been in the cruise industry for the last 40 years.
0: You don't look like you could be old enough to be in there.
1: Thank you very much for the compliment, but you obviously <laughs> need to go to
0: <Yeah>. Sadly, given you've employed me as a photographer. Yeah, exactly. That's doesn't some not reassure yeah, me. Yeah, it doesn't reassure you. <laughs> yeah. So where are we? Describe where we are at this particular moment in time.
1: Uh, well, we're taking a cruise from uh, Buenos Aires all the way around to Valparaiso in Chile. Uh, and we're in a place called Porto Chacabuco. <laughs> and that's very difficult to say when you've had a couple of drinks. Um, and you're reading
0: that off the notes. Yes, I am, to make sure <laughs> that I get it right.
1: Anyway, so uh, yes, we're in Porto Chacabuco. Uh, which is in Chile, in the fjords, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day today, so it's all it's all good.
0: So you know, you should know this before you get too much further into the podcast that uh, it's a noisy thing—a ship. It's not a consideration I'd ever had to think about before, but it's a noisy thing, and you're going to hear crashes and bangs and whirring and all sorts. And we're recording this actually in the theatre uh, because it turned out to be the quietest place we could find but it didn't stay that way so that you'll hear all sorts of noises uh, going on. But a bit of background on uh, Paragon Pixels, Uh, Keith who I'm interviewing had this fantastic idea to provide high-end portrait photography to a luxury cruise line and so along with his brother Phil and his wife Lydia They set this company up, and as part of this program, the Master Collection, or the Master Photography Program, uh, photographers like myself, Kevin Wilson, David Macdonald, John Paris, Sophocles Alexiou, David Wheeler, all fellows of the MPA and all the BIPP, um, and we're all invited to go and join the ship as Master Photographers, providing uh, photography to this beautiful luxury cruise line's guests. And so I asked Keith to talk about what that program entailed.
1: Yeah, there's there's different layers that we're offering. Um, you know, obviously every cruise ship in the world uh, has, or more or less every cruise ship in the world has a photographic service on board, which uh, documents the cruise passengers' experience on board. Uh, so they do all the social photography, you know, meeting the captain, yeah. tours, extra. Whatever uh, We are very similar to all the other companies that provide that service as far as that's concerned. However, Crystal Cruises is one of the premier cruise lines in the world. And uh, we have the privilege of working on board uh, these wonderful ships, the Crystal Symphony and Serenity. And so we felt that we needed to offer something special uh, for them. And so we came up with the Master Photography Program. Um, so we approached the BIPP, the MPA, and asked them to give us a list of their top 10 photographers and uh and they did so and uh, we met them at uh, one of the trade shows and interviewed everybody and selected uh, those that we felt would work well with the cruise line so uh, we're very proud of the program because it's been very successful over the last 10 years and uh, and it's elevated or broken the mold of traditional cruise ship photography and given the guests something special to take home so. We're very pleased. It is
0: incredible, uh, but let's wind it back forty years.
1: Oh, that's so a long you were what well, five years? I was I in shorts. Yes. <laughs> <kind of. laughs> yeah. Go
0: on. Uh, how did you end up on a ship with a camera in your hand?
1: Well, that's a very good story as well. Um, I um, well, I've always had come from a background of photography. My father worked for, for Kodak, but as an engineer. So, uh, but was a very keen keen amateur photographer. So we were always surrounded by cameras in the house. Uh, and photography was part of everyday life. Uh, so I, when I first left school, I was very interested in pursuing photography, but it wasn't very easy to find a job in that, in that field. Uh, so I ended up working as a computer operator actually. So, um, so um, that was interesting how those two fields have merged now. Um, so I started working uh, in, in computers uh, as a computer operator. Uh, and those computers these days you know whatever you might carry in your as a laptop you know it was probably the, s- the size <laughs> of a whole room in those days you know such but anyway um so um i um went to art school i studied photography um um that was my specialist subject some of my my brother went and did graphic design and stuff um but they were all going on um after at the end of the the course you know the the degree course everybody was going uh, traveling as such, and that's what most students do. Uh, and so they all decided to go around the Greek islands. However, I'd already moved on and actually got myself a job in uh, the hospital, uh, working as a medical photographer or a medical illustrator. Uh, but I was able to get the time off and join uh, my my friends, who were all in art school, and we went off around the Greek islands and. Uh, You know whereas most people probably would just go to one destination we actually had the rucksack and got on ferries and just headed for whatever island we wanted to um and we did five weeks of that and uh, i came back feeling quite sort of unsettled and uh, wanting to see more of the world and so uh, i approached somebody who worked in the royal liverpool school of tropical medicine who would just come back from a cruise ship and he gave me some advice about how to approach the cruise lines so I ended up working on a cruise ship and that was in 1980 which is nearly 40 years ago
0: so how old are you and I've got to ask because what I'm trying to do is paint a picture of what it was like you're trying it? to find out how
1: old no I know yeah, how old yeah, you yeah. are but <laughs> as a,
0: so you you'd have been give or take 20 years old 19 22. 22 22 I think oh, no. so that's pretty young to suddenly yep. find yourself on the other side of the world yeah making your living yeah Behind the lens,
1: yeah. And originally, the the first company I w- worked for, I think, it was called Neptune Photography. Um, they offered me a, a ship on my own, and it was called the Coral Princess, out of Hong Kong. And this is in the days when Hong Kong was Hong Kong. Um, so uh, I declined that invitation because I just felt like I needed to learn the ropes from somebody who was a seasoned professional, you know. So I actually joined a ship called the Daphne and uh, and um, went off to the States that was the very first it was an extraordinary experience you know from somebody who lives in Liverpool never really seen much of the world may have gone to Benidorm or something like this Um, but to suddenly find myself on a ship traveling around the world and being paid for it was an extraordinary experience for me so it was great and
0: back then so you decided to work inside a team so that you could learn the ropes Yes. and what was it like transferring your skill with a camera to taking it on board a cruise ship because they're slightly different What well, they are things.
1: <laughs> well because medical photography is very technical and very scientific you know, do you know what i mean so you know they were, and you had to be very clinical about what you were doing and you know there was no messing around if you were photographing surgery in and in a <laughs> you know if you were if you were involved and we were involved because you wouldn't in, you know invite a photographer into the operating theater unless it was something very unusual that they wanted to record the state the various stages of stage so uh, yeah photography in a hospital environment was very clinical very sort of like kind of organized structured and everything else on board a ship it was still structured but it was all based on social activity yeah. so you went from one extreme of you know meeting people who had maybe extreme diseases you know what if some something unusual that they wanted to uh, catalog the effects of that disease as it progressed to being on a cruise ship where everybody was having the best time of their lives so yeah. you know it was it was an interesting uh, sort of transition if you want uh and especially in those days because I think it was a bit more liberal <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of drinking going on a lot of socializing and, uh, and we had a great time, you know. And the ships were very small in those days. So they were intimate. You were part of a very small team. You're away together. So you bonded very quickly and, uh, yeah. So how big fun. was the team? Um, the photographic, the photographic team, team, oh god, no. The photographic teams were either two or three people. That right. was it. Um, but the ships were no more than, two to four hundred passengers right. in those days, today you'd be looking at anywhere from two to four thousand passengers, you know, those are the sort of norms today. So cruising was still for the elites, I mean, in my day, uh, and I know I'm going to sound like an old fogey now, old sea salt, sea dog, sea dog, is that what they say, <laughs> no a sea salt. But um, anything you're saying here, yeah. I will repeat to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I met Kerry Grant through working on the cruise lines. Elizabeth Taylor and various other people you know celebrities um, who who came on the ship and sailed you know yeah. as, as regular guests if you want um, So so, you know cruising was actually for the elite at, at that time, you know I went for a company called Royal Viking Line and they were you know, they were the top cruise line, you know in the 80s. Yeah. or 70s and 80s Yeah,
0: what was your boss like?
1: awful He he was a lovely guy, uh, you know, Scottish, I can't remember, I'm trying to think of his name right now, Graham McCallion. And uh, he was tough. He looked, oh my God, he looked like Elvis Presley. So he was smooth as silk. You know, when he did something, he made it look easy. When I did it, I was clumsy and just awful, right? Okay, so I'd learned from him, you know, everything about how to approach guests, how to, you know, sort of find the right approach that that works you know in a a difficult environment and do it very quickly without without you know without missing a heartbeat almost um but this guy was absolutely smooth as silk and he did not pay me one compliment for six months and he just beat me up and just basically pushed me and pushed me they called it smudging in those days i don't know if they do it today when you go around the room and you have to coax somebody to have their picture taken in a social environment we call it smudging don't ask me that yeah you've never heard of that expression um so um i really enjoyed working with him uh, i remember the first day that he told me that he couldn't do it better himself and i was like what is that a compliment <laughs> it was really fun but you know i learned so much from that uh, from that gentleman and and we you know i never look back I've, I've obviously given that i've been in the industry for nearly 40 years, I've taken various roles, you know, within inside the industry. Um, but um, obviously, I, you know, there's very few people who have made a, a career out of something like this.
0: So let me ask you: if you were if you were a, a, a young photographer mm-hmm. starting out in this particular, though this applies to all photography, how do you go about taking the best of the lessons from someone like your boss, as he was? and transferring it to someone like you, who you are a very different character, but how do you cherry pick the best bits, how do you go about moulding it into your own style?
1: I I just think that I was shy, withdrawn a little bit, and I didn't understand that it didn't require, sometimes you know, I I guess I'm going to describe it in this way, Uh, if you watch somebody uh, controlling a crowd, you know like a policeman or something like that, sometimes you just not need to say anything just use hand signals uh, you know whatever so so this gentleman would um, walk up and he would ignite the room by smiling you know and that would be infectious and he would he would watch to see the reactions of those people that were that he was uh, you know addressing and the first person that reacted to him he would focus on that person and then everybody would just fall into line afterwards. So, so he never got refusals. He never got a situation where it became sticky. I was so inexperienced that when I approached the table, I was blubbering. I was just, you know, saying all the wrong things, overthinking it, you know, kind of basically talking too much. And what I should have done is just smiled and said, "Look this way," and took the picture. So, so he was very successful in terms of um, whenever he. Uh, worked a room he came out with you know a full result you know whereas I would walk in a room and I just would stumble around and and not be as successful as he was so
0: and and did you learn that yourself that no or did it was it him that took you aside
1: and said oh you learn it fast you learn it fast when you realize that (laughs) there's something that you're doing that's not quite right you just learn quickly you know to sort of you know amend you, you of course you're going to watch you know I train my brother uh you know you've met well no you haven't met him um but he uh, also was very clumsy when he first went into the dining room and so basically I sort of taught him how to sort of like approach table you know with a positive you know energy and get people and watch for the person that reacts in the most favorable way first thing.
0: And how important do you think being positive and energetic is in this particular? In
1: every environment. I mean, when I watch you work, it's incredible to see how your personality actually warms the person, you know, brings them closer to you, gives them the confidence that you're going to do a great job. You're always very positive about, you know, you're complimentary. you know how to without it coming across as <laughs> as being a bit too <laughs> a little bit too false or sickly or whatever. So so there's a balance you know yeah. you have to find that balance and people have to believe in you. Now you find the best bits yeah,
0: sure. and you talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um so the industry as i understand it today is for the the people who work in photo concessions on all ships essentially is commissions based.
1: Yeah, well, actually, uh, it it has changed. It's it's starting to change because there's a lot of employment laws related to ships, which are kind of akin to what's going on in land. As such, you know, the yeah. people are, you know, crew members are protected. You know, about the number of hours they work and so on and so forth. You know, so um, uh, there are various mm-hmm. companies around the world, uh, mainly uh, based either in the U.S. or the U.K., that look after most of the cruise ships around the world. Yeah, you know. Traditionally, there were about four or five companies that did it. There are some big cruise lines now because a lot of them have amalgamated, have have gone in-house because they can manage their own business themselves. Um, But smaller cruise lines, like we're talking about Crystal here, um, they only have two ships at the moment, or two ships, um, ocean ships. Uh, And so, you know, they're looking for somebody like myself, who has a lot of experience or Uh, you know in the industry to manage that side of the business for because it it just wouldn't pay for them to have uh, you know a sort of shore based operations manager just take care of it So,
0: okay but back then when you started out
1: was that a salary or was it commissions it was always Commission it was always Commission and and it was tough, you know, whatever. You 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 learned the hard way, you know, you know, if you're if you're not gonna take pictures you're not gonna get paid, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, but it was very interesting because you got the rewards for everything that you did and if you were very good at what you did then then obviously um, you you saw the rewards for it. So people would compare notes, you know, different ships maybe with inside the fleet, you know, if I was working for Princess Cruises at the time or somebody else, you know, then then, you know, you would run into other photographers in various ports around the world. And you would say, well, how well are you doing? You know, or you would get some information back from from your office to say that you were the the leading crew, you know, the, the leading ship in the fleet, you know, as such. So, so it was very competitive as well between the photographers. We were we're always mm-hmm. trying to outdo each other in <laughs> terms of revenue and and performance and stuff. So, so it's you know it's a mixture, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's about you know providing that service for the guests, yeah. but it's also about creating revenue. And you're judged on both, you're not judged on one or the other. It's not about, you know, you're a fabulous, you know, you generate so much revenue for us, we love you. Because if your ratings are bad and you've upset a lot of people on the along the way, then, you know, you're not providing a great service to the cruise line yeah. or to the company, you know. So 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 you have to have that balance as well of respecting the guest and, you know, sort of understanding that they're on vacation, but at the same time, you know. Most people will say no. Well, especially British people. If you if you point a camera at them and you say, "Would you like to have your photograph taken?" The answer will be always no. So you know, more or less. Um, so it was very much an um, American market type stuff, but it's now expanded. You know, and uh, so the approach is really important as well. You know, sort of a gentle, persuasive attitude.
0: And you've obviously worked your way up the ranks from, you know, <laughs> child with a camera. Yeah. Up to uh, essentially I assume you were a management you were a manager of one of the one of the ships one of the photography shops on one of the ships oh yeah and you mean the stages yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean it started off uh, obviously as a photographer on board and then progressed over the over the years maybe it took me a couple of years to be a manager I remember approached approached my director and told them that I could do the job better than my manager so <laughs> at that point they probably looked at me and thought well best give them a chance you know um so uh, being a manager on board the ship at the time was the goal when I was 22 years yep. of age uh, and achieved that very quickly and then of course uh, after you've worked on various different cruise lines and seen various different parts of the world, you know, then the shine goes off it a little bit. You know, you're looking for a bigger challenge and uh, my biggest ch- the, the challenge I look forward after that was to go shoreside right. and to be involved in shoreside management and uh, maybe have a normal life, you know, whatever. Yep. But you, you, you always missed the sea, you know. You know, once it gets in your blood, it's it's a real big problem. So you know, I knew that I had to stabilize myself out in some way or another. Uh, so I um, managed to get myself a shoreside uh, position. Uh, well, actually, first of all, I resigned from 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 the cruise industry and um, and actually got some uh, industrial experience. In other words, I worked for a big pro lab in Manchester, and that worked very well. Um, but I did miss the sea. And what I was did, your job there? Uh, I was a, a lab manager, you know, sort of basically, uh, for a company called Flash Labs. Um, okay. One of the big, big, big mm-hmm. commercial sort of yep. uh, labs in Manchester. And so um, I worked for them for a couple of years, and, uh, but I miss the sea all the time. <laughs> and people just keep on calling you, you know how it is with contacts and stuff know begging me to come back you know the building bigger and better ships and there was a huge shipbuilding sort of program going on in the in the 90s and um, and I got involved in it so I got the call and somebody coaxed me back I was having a bad day at work maybe maybe the traffic was really bad on the <laughs> m56 or something so I thought well to hell with this I need to and I was in the Caribbean within five minutes and suddenly your worries are gone again you know you know you think well this is this is what I'm This is me, you know. This is what I was made for.
0: What was the role you went back into? I
1: I went back uh, straight into uh, cruise ship management, you know, like as a federal manager or such, uh, with a company called Royal Caribbean, who were building huge ships at the time. Yeah, we see them. And uh, then that was very tough because now I went from these beautiful, sort of high class sort of cruise lines. um, Not saying that Royal Caribbean is a high class (laughs) cruise line, just in case this goes somewhere. (laughs) Um, what I'm saying is that there was a different it was a different style and of cruising intimate, yeah. so I had smaller more intimate cruise lines yeah. um, That were on the luxury end and now suddenly I was working with one of the very big Cruise lines that were mainly focused on the Caribbean and um, we're doing seven day cruises regular runs You know it's Tuesday. We must be in Barbados. You yeah something sort of um, but I my I was bred on uh, luxury cruise lines were you were traveling all around the world. We didn't have a home port as such. We were just constantly uh, you know, going around the globe. And that to me was much more interesting. So um, I soon kind of got tired of that sort of routine as such and realized that maybe that wasn't for me and maybe it'd been a mistake to go back. But then I sort of um, got fortunate enough to sort of like kind of move over to other cruise lines more in akin with what I was used to and eventually I ended up with Crystal. But then I, I came when Crystal started their their operations 25 years ago, um, they only had one ship. It was a beautiful ship built in Japan uh, by a company called NYK uh, which is one of the biggest container companies in the world and the, you, you have to think of Crystal Harmony as the Concord of British Airways, you know, it was just this flagship, you know, yeah. it was absolutely immaculate, the most beautiful ship you've ever seen in Everyone who talks about yeah, Harmony yeah. has the same smile. Oh God, it, it was such a beautiful, and it's still, it's still, you know, it's still sailing, however it's been handed back to the parent company and it's changed its name, I think it's called the Azuka now, but, um, but that ship was absolutely glorious, it was so elegant. Um, and so I was at peace you know I came back I was found found my still a photo manager yes 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 but then uh, but then we got (laughs) the company that I was with was expanding sort of quite rapidly and they sort of uh, they earmarked me for for the sort of shipbuilding yards and, and, and looking after the sort of like photo areas you know in other words the design of, of the photographic facilities within inside there. So there was a program going on with, um, we were working with multiple cruise lines at the time, many different cruise lines, but uh, Celebrity was one of them that I remember would be those ships were being built in Bremenhaven in Germany. And so they asked me to go, um, um, you know, to be involved in that sort of like program, and to, you know, to launch. Well, not launch. You know, I wasn't physically pushing the <laughs> ship down the ramp, but they, but to actually bring out those ships and get the operations running and stuff. So I followed it all the way through to ensure that everything that we were looking for, the designated areas, you know, that I was responsible to ensure that everything went where it was supposed to be, got the got the ship operational. And then after that, once I went through that program for about five, six years, uh, I then became a revenue manager, which meant that I was uh, ensuring that the teams understood how to achieve those yeah. revenues. So, so given all the experience I had in the industry, I was able to sort of like kind of give the benefit of my experience to, to young teams yeah. that were, you know, you know having trouble. Maybe, but at
0: this point, know. did you go back to shoreside?
1: Yeah, I was shoreside on that. I, w- all that period was shoreside. Yeah, yeah. I was never on the ship. Um, I was involved only in operational issues to do with different, but various cr- different cruise lines. And as we expanded and expanded and expanded, and we, I think we got to up to about 50 ships, um, mm. we then sort of like kind of made satellite managers. We had yeah. managers that would look yeah. after just <laughs> like one managers. particular one particular cruise line only, because it made more sense. Yeah. In other words, somebody mm-hmm. ringing in the office and saying, hang on a minute, can I, can I speak to somebody regarding this particular cruise line? Well, we needed to have dedicated managers for each of the cruise lines who would take responsibility not only for the staff that were on board, but for the supplies, the equipment, the operations, you know, maintenance, whatever, you know, and it goes on and on and on, you know. So, you know, if you take a cruise line today, you know, it could go from 10, 10 to 20 ships, you know, you know, sort of, but in my time it was about 10 or 12 ships. Yeah. And you might have 60, 70 photographers working on those cruise lines, so, uh, and then the they're all on vacation, rotating and whatever it may be. So, you know, you never get into a routine, you know. I know that you have your own studio. Um, you've got your staff and you know, you 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 know, it's very well organized, beautifully run. But for us it's ever evolving, all the time. It's never consistent for more than a few weeks, you know, and then somebody's on vacation, something's changing, the ship's moving different. To a different area of the world, so even once you got yourself into nice little routine, you're in Alaska, <laughs> then it's over, you know. And now we're moving somewhere else. Now we've got to change the whole program, and we've got to think about it again. And and with Crystal, uh, it's much more complicated because we're doing very long voyages, going to areas that many people have never been to before. I could probably look at the map mm-hmm. on, you know. The these ships for the next 12 months and say I've been to every single one of those ports whether I can remember them that's another story <laughs> but uh, so yeah it's it's quite complex but I started working at shoreside and everything else and then eventually um, I got tired of that as well so the cruise lines get bigger they get more demanding you know you know how that works um, and I just became overloaded and decided mm-hmm. that I'd had enough of the whole cruise industry you know so I decided mm-hmm. to move away from it Um, And I just wanted to find myself again, you know, you know, sometimes you get lost in an industry, you know, whatever. I went to the States and um, I thought well, I can't, you know, I can't give up photography completely. Uh, So I started looking around and eventually um, um, I went to a trade show in Miami uh, called Sea Trade. It's held every year for the cruise industry and um, uh, I met some people and uh, they invited me to put together a presentation for them so I was looking at the top end uh, the ship called the world some ships called Seaborne uh, or cruise line called Seabourn, and Crystal and uh, put some presentations together and they really liked what I was saying you know because they they didn't want to be whitewashed with the same photo service yeah. you know. so for instance you know some cruise concession companies may have five six seven eight cruise lines. And they m- may consider themselves to be completely different cruise lines, but they'll get the same photographic service yeah. across the way. What they were looking for was somebody like myself who came in with some brand new ideas and opened up the doors and sort of made something completely different. And so many of the ideas that we put together or programs that we put together, uh, they wanted to sort of like kind of paint them, you know, whatever they wanted to um, make sure that they were exclusive to Crystal Cruises.
0: And so you came up with the idea. Of what is now Paragon Pixels was that the beginnings yeah, of that? Yeah,
1: so the Paragon Pixels was uh, yeah was developed or was uh, <laughs> we we uh, you know I wanted to have uh, my own company, my own concession, if you want. Uh, so I went into business with my brother who lives in the states, and he's more the businessman and you know the numbers guy and whatever, and I'm more the operations person and the and the sort of creative person, if you want. Uh, So it was good partnership in that way um, because it gave us you know both sides were covered You don't want to be bogged down with all the paperwork. You want to be you want to keep fresh and be creative Um, So and and crystal was a small niche market operation so so we could really really go to town in specializing on sort of trying to provide some upmarket service so I was very happy to have the opportunity or for them to give me the opportunity to show what we could actually do, showcase what we could do in terms of photography. Uh,
0: so you you set this company up and got it on its feet. Mm. What was it like
1: taking that... Don't, don't take me back there. Taking <laughs> that leap. <laughs> that leap. Well, let me put it this way. I was 49 years of age and... Uh, and I'd given up a 25-year job, and I know that you've got a similar story of some sort. Um, and uh, and that was a leap of faith. And I was... <laughs> I've never been so frightened in my life. Uh, I won't go into the numbers, but it was a lot of money to set up the yeah. the operation um, because we have to provide all of the equipment on board the ship. So, so it was like buying a Ferrari uh, for each ship.
0: See, told you. Uh, the noise you just started... Uh, to hear at the end of that segment is the noise of them lifting the lifeboats uh, back out of the ocean where they've used them to ferry uh, the passengers from the ship, the guests from the ship, in and out of the port. And although I allowed for the timings in recording this podcast that I wouldn't clash with the setting sail, I had not allowed for the uh, team aboard uh, Crystal Symphony lifting these things out of the water. Uh, and of course, all you can hear in the background for the next 10 minutes or so is the constant <laughs> whirring of winches and clanking of things and people, well, basically getting the ship ready for us to sail. Hopefully, the noise isn't too distracting, um, but if it is, I'm really sorry. There's not a lot I can do about it. So, with, on that happy note, uh, back to Keith. Uh, talking about what it was like to set up Paragon Pixels.
1: It was it was an extraordinary experience. I, you know, I'd worked for other companies uh, as an operations manager, senior operations manager, and so put together many, many cruise ships for them, you know, in terms of getting them operational, you know. Um, so it's just different when you do it with your own money, you know, it's just yeah. a completely different ball game. So, um, you know, it costs a lot to, to, you know, you have to make a, a considerable amount of investment Uh, on board a ship because um, basically everything to do with that department uh, belongs to you, you know, belongs to the private company. So they give you the four walls, and maybe the gallery, you know, uh, well, definitely the gallery. They give you a space with inside the ship, and then you fill it. So so we required, uh, you know, some uh, Fuji Frontier uh, processing labs on board the ship. Uh, We required studios, you know, photographic studios lighting uh, cameras you know so on and so forth and and you know the ship uh, the particular cruise lines I was working for you know the one of the first crews after setting up was going around the world so we weren't going to see it for four months you know so so you know that's that's a huge risk you know you're you're putting together an operation uh, you have to you have to dig deep you know in terms of well dig deep in your pockets as yeah. well as dig deep in terms of your faith in your faith in, yeah. in yourself um, so it was an interesting time for me um, because despite the fact that I had lots of experience putting operations like this together for another company when you do it with your own money or you do it privately then it's a whole different it's like watching who wants to be a millionaire yeah. you might be screaming at the television saying you know the answer but if you had to risk 40 50 hundred thousand dollars on that question you you know you might bottle out of it you know so we had um, I was given from the point of signing the contract or agreement to setting up the business um, we were given 90 days in which to put it together and 90 days is an awful lot of time in which to because we weren't allowed to discuss it with anybody prior prior to the signing of the contract and so you know we couldn't approach you know Fuji Fujifilm and say, "We need two machines, by the way." Yeah. We had to keep that quiet until till the point when we got the contract signed, and then we were able to sort of like pursue all of the equipment that we needed. um so it was a, it was a very challenging 90 days in which to get all of that equipment purchased and then uh, raise the funds for it as well, and then get them shipped uh, to to wherever the ship yeah. was going to be. So uh, the first weeks were quite frightening. I became very religious overnight. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and um, we set up the first one on January the 4th, uh, 2008, uh, um, as Paragon Pixels. And uh, I did the first cruise uh, with, with, with both teams, both photographic teams. So they all joined me in Miami. Uh, I think we had 10 photographers all. Nine photographers at the time, a couple of support staff, you know, and uh, we set sail and, um, and we got running, you know. And, and to give you some idea, I, I, nobody, I, I can remember actually the engineers, they were very funny. So um, you get a team of engineers that come out with the machines because they're very expensive and they have to install them. So the, these, these machines, <laughs> you'd love it. So a crane picks it up, and, and if they have to cut a hole in the side of the ship, they'll do that. If they have to cut the railings away, they'll do that. But anyway, they, they decided that they could land this machine on a particular deck, and they might have to walk through the ship to ensure that the passageways all through the ship were wide enough to take the machine and then roll it into this la- <laughs> into this lap, if you want. And uh, the ship is, comes in in the morning at 7, 8 o'clock, and it sails at 6 o'clock in the evening. And during that period of time, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. Somebody has to rip out the old equipment from the old company that has lost the contract, if you want. And you have to bring in your equipment, unbox it, everything. But within three or four hours, you're already shooting embarkation. In other words, the yes. gas, the new guests are coming on board the ship. So the first thing that comes out of the box is, is all the cameras, <laughs> you know, put the lenses on, you know, whatever. Everything is brand new. Yeah. And so. You've got a team of photographers who are getting dressed in uniform, getting prepared for embarkation to greet the guests, to run that, run a business, a seamless transition from one company to another, and and then you've got an engineering team or, you know, when I say that, two technicians maybe, maximum, and they are basically bringing the machine, piecing it together and everything else. It's a bit like a F1 car, yeah. you know, it's all in pieces and you put it together, um, and we were operational and printing that night but when they asked us how long they had I think these guys thought they were going to have a week and we said no 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 we're, we're printing tonight you know, <laughs> you know, whatever. so the machines have to be up and running yeah. so um, it's amazing what can be done you know on a cruise ship on a naval ship you know whatever yeah. you know you, you're self-sufficient you have ah, there's no such thing as can't it's just yeah. how long you know whatever we can do it yep. you know whatever so so you know it was uh, it was a challenging time and of course we did this first cruise and it was very successful everything ran smoothly we had the whole team on and then we took half the team off because i wanted all of the dovers to be on the same page you know i wanted them all to understand what was required so i had everybody on one ship at the same time and then when we got to la i took half the team off Flew them back to Miami and did the whole same process again. Yeah. So we set up the two ships within four weeks. Yeah. As such, you know what is such. Uh, but uh, yeah, didn't miss a di- didn't miss a beat. We kind of you know kept every We've never you know we've been operational now for 11, 12 years. We've never lost a day on the ship. 365 days, you know. Yeah. yeah. A year we we operate and there's no such thing as well. There is Christmas happens and birthdays and whatever it may be, but. The business has to run. Every well, they're even day.
0: bigger days for you, aren't they? Yeah,
1: of course they are. Yeah. So anyway, so it's 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 an uh, interesting business to be involved in. Uh, there's no break from it, um, and you have to love it. And I love it. Uh, I've always loved the cruise industry, um, but I think I've got more enjoyment out of it through the master photography program, through you know some of the high end products. Our relationship with Locksley's, I think, is amazing. You know, whatever we've ended with digital you know some people didn't trans didn't sort of um, didn't handle the digital kind of technology very well they didn't they didn't transfer over from film to to, to digital smoothly you know they they didn't adapt to it very easily and I must admit I was confused as well you know I can remember I went training uh, with Fuji in New York and uh, the guy was there you know I had one-on-one kind of tuition you know. And he would show me a Fuji S1 or whatever it was called in the day, and I was still trying to, you know, wind film out of the camera. And I was looking at the back, saying, "Where is this image?" (laughs) It was incredible. So, you know, I knew, you know, and I had to train photographers on celebrity to to use digital as well, and and many of them were very resistant to the change because the image was not as good as a film-based image, you know, at the time. So it was very difficult to get people to cooperate with you and to, and to follow, you know, to move with the technology yeah. as such. But, uh, you know, I think that when I look back, it opened up it, it, my creative side, you know, because, you know, it gave you these opportunities yeah. that you never had before. And of course, you know, given that we're isolated at sea, we can be in the middle of the South Pacific and stuff, we could send images across the world. and fulfill orders, you know, that we could never because you have limited space on board a cruise ship. So, you know, what sort of facilities am I gonna offer or what sort of services am I gonna offer? Well it's very limited because we don't have that much space, you know, we're sort of in a broom cupboard almost, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, it was wonderful to have suddenly a pro lab available to you that you could suddenly start offering, you know, beautiful albums and frame pictures and having them delivered directly to the guests home you know whatever so it's it's been a wonderful transformation for me and has opened up my creative spirits again you know it's like it's reignited my passion for cruise ship photography so the master photography program has been part of that and a lot of these high-end products that we sell the albums you know location albums where we are able to express our photographic kind of talents rather than doing just social photography.
0: We kind of we've come full circle and come back to the master photography program. And you said right at the beginning you went to the BiPP and the NPA and asked who are your fellows, mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. photographers. Mm-hmm. Why did you use the stipulation of qualifications? Because we often talk about whether qualifications are worth it.
1: Uh, oh, good question. Um, I would say that um, you know we wanted to give. We wanted to. Um, Give the program some kudos, you know, of some sort. You know, we want to say we've got some of the best photographers in the UK, you know, coming out, offering their time uh, to enhance enrichment lectures. You know, there's an en- I probably haven't talked about this yet, but there's an enrichment program on board the ship, and a very good one, highly respected. You know, so that we get people coming out and talking about the locations or the ecology or you know, some some interest, special interest related to that cruise. So, so a lot of people are interested in photography, but you know, they want to hear from a top pro about their experiences as a photographer. You know, what drives them as a as, as a photographer, or as a professional photographer. Maybe some anecdotes about their yeah. their life and everything else. Um, so you know, photography is still uh, a passion of many people as a, as a, as amateurs. Um, but we wanted mm-hmm. to bring. S- s- maybe I want to use a different word, celebrity photographers, people who had a reputation in the industry out and to sort of provide us. Not, I, we weren't just inspiring the guests but we were inspiring ourselves. You know, yeah. I saw it as a win-win situation, you know, we were bringing out these amazing photographers who could take a fresh look at the environment in which we were working in and to provide guests with some unbelievable photographs and so for the photographer this was a whole new experience for them because they had been working in studios or churches you know wedding photographers and such and portrait photographers and they were getting this experience of traveling to some exotic locations in the world on a six-star cruise line you know may i add and so that was an easy sell um but at the same time they were getting the opportunity to photograph in some unique locations because we don't just photograph on board the ship but we also photograph on shore if the guest wishes you know so 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 that really inspired some of the master photographers to do something special and uh, and it's opened up their portfolio if you want um but also it was an opportunity for them for my photographers, or for the photographers that work for Paragon Pixels, to rub shoulders with some of the best, and for them to be inspired by those photographers, the passion of those photographers, and get, you know, get them to elevate their sort of like, kind of, uh, their photography. So I just felt like nobody could lose in this game, you know, it was, it was something that was, you know, would have so many benefits to everybody around, and and the cruise line was in complete shock. You know, they, they were uh, overwhelmed. I remember um, the guy in charge of hotel operations, senior vice president of hotel operations, asking me to, to, to you know, go on the ship and take a photographer with me. Uh, not that uh, I'm not a photographer myself, but somebody <laughs> yeah. that was even better than I am. <laughs> Actually show, you know, physically produce. The products, you know, show them. Show me exactly what you're talking about, because he couldn't. He said, "I can't. I hear what you're saying, but I can't visualise what you're doing." And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure I knew what I was doing. But I went out with a a friend of mine called Ian Shemper, and we came on board the ship, and we and we looked for three different customers, you know. we looked for, a, you know, a youngish couple and then an older, older couple and so we, we, we picked a cross-section of, of, of guests on board the ship and then we just decided we would go up there and introduce ourselves and explain what we were doing and that we were experimenting with a new product and would they be interested in allowing us to, to, to photograph them using the architecture of the ship and interiors and everything else. And then we went to Locksley's and we produced these beautiful albums. And then we sent, and then I went over to L.A. to show them what we'd done, and they were in absolute shock or, awe. you know, they were Overwhelmed with the product because nobody had ever seen anything like that yeah. And what we're doing is taking a slice of the pro industry and bringing it on board the ship and yeah. it was it was a huge success straight away and so You know there are other programs out there. You know, I know of many right and I've been involved in many other programs but the unique uh, Uh, side to Paragon Pixels program if you want the master photography program is that we don't limit it to one photographer and his interpretation of it we have a selection of photographers right across uh, the UK who uh, who have different styles uh, different approaches and they all have different personalities and they bring something different to the table and we've had the most incredible images produced and and you know you know it's, you know, we're both enjoying the success of that. And some of those images have even won awards, a portrait yeah. of the year award, whatever. So how could how could I not be happy yeah. um, of not having that relationship with the Master Photography Program? Plus, it just, it inspires me again to keep on going, you know, because every time we do it, and I see the reactions of the guests, and how positive it's all received by the people that have been photographed, you know, that you know as well as I do and we've just had an example of this that is uh, I would say eight out of ten times that we present those images to the guests we do as you would call it a rev- review Reveal, really reveal, reveal. Um, they they best them to tears they're yeah. emotional about the whole yeah. experience and so we're bringing something to the table that most people could not do so we're in this digital world where everybody's doing selfies and you know, they've got their cameras and their phones and whatever, and, and, and the industry is changing so rapidly. So we have to move the goalposts as well, and we have to provide them with something that, you know, they couldn't possibly generate, and, and you saw that with our last clients, and uh, you know, they're just wonderful, you know, and, and they become heirlooms, you know, they, they, yeah. they, they pass them down to the family, they want to pass them down to the family. I think it's a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, t- uh, taking a picture and creating an experience that includes pictures are not quite the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah you, uh, need the, you need the experience, certainly on somewhere
1: well, like this. Well, how many people say, uh, and you've heard this I'm sure as well, it was the best experience of my world cruise. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Used to be around the world. Yeah. But the actual photographic experience, the experience of being photographed by a top professional, somebody who's had, you know, very smooth go back to my yeah, <laughs> first yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. that smooth ability yeah. to talk to people, make them feel at ease and relax them, take incredible pictures, understand lighting and, yeah. and, and, and capture the, the ambience of cruising, those halcyon days at sea, you know, whatever. I mean, some of the images I've seen have blown me away, you know, and it doesn't matter what age group we're talking yeah. about as well. You, you remember I was speaking about a lady, an Asian lady or whatever. And she was in her 90s, and, and she's standing on the balcony, and the curtains are just like waving through, and you're shooting through the curtains, and just elegant, elegant, beautiful pictures. And and so I'm immensely proud of what we've achieved. I'm going to start crying in a minute. I'm immensely proud of what we've achieved with the Master Photography Program, but we could never have done it without the Masters. Yeah. So, you know, it's a. It's a symbiotic relationship, if you want, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree, absolutely yeah. agreed. What's the worst mistake you've ever made?
1: Oh, gosh, does it have to be on a cruise ship? Because I yeah, love this. L- I've got one story that's really good. I used to, well, I told you I worked in a hospital. And uh, uh, there was a guy called, uh, my boss was called Simon Fitzgerald. And he was quite strict. And uh, and he didn't trust me at all. You know, I was a young photographer, 18, 19 years of age, just out of college. And uh, so I worked uh, in this hospital, a children's hospital in Liverpool, called all And um, he he definitely didn't want me in the operating theatres, and he definitely, you know, I could do ward rounds and you know do basic shots and this, that, and the other. But um, uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, this one day, he well he would used to lock me in. Don't ask me why. He locked me in the lab, so you know I wasn't even allowed to go out. You know, whatever. You couldn't do it today. <laughs> You'd be in court. Cool. Um, but um, I used to end up having to just do the lithographic work. You know, photograph documents, uh, for slideshows, yep. and and then I would colour them in and stuff like this. So, so I didn't get to do any of the the good stuff. You know, whatever. And he went off to photograph a, a very important operation and was away for about five six hours. And he came back. And I think we all had knicker mats in those days, or you know, sort of FM2s or something, you know. And he put his camera down, and I put my camera down, and I picked up his camera by accident. And his had uh, colour transparency film in, and I had uh, lithographic film in mine. Anyway, I went into the lab, switched the light, lights to red, locked the door, and everything else, pulled his film out. And as soon as I looked at it, I thought this doesn't look like oh it doesn't feel like lithographic, but the penny didn't drop and then i started to do you know the way you used to do that hand dunking you know in those days and i watched the image come up of this (laughs) operation and then i watched the emulsion just slide right off the base (laughs) into the lithographic just at that very moment there was a banging on the door and he was screaming, "I'm going to kill you! I'm going to break <laughs> your legs if you've got my camera." So I didn't come out of that room for about a week because um, <laughs> you know, he was he was hunting me. But um, that, that no, there's there's lots of we all learn by our mistakes, oh, yeah. so that's important. And that was one before cruise ships. But uh, yeah, there were plenty of times when you know I could have handled situations better, um, you know, with staff yeah, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. And you know, but you know, from a photographic point of view. Um, you know, you know. Uh, I remember in the early days, you know, when whenever there's something wrong with the machine, I wasn't ever technically gifted as such, you know, whatever. But you know, I may but not not spot the problem, you know. And, and it would be something simple, and then you fly an engineer out to some port, and you knew it cost hundreds, if not yeah. thousands, of dollars. And then suddenly he would like just pull something and go, "Oh, you didn't switch it on there." And you go, <laughs> and then you just like, "Please do not tell my boss that," you know, whatever. So, no, it was always something that, you know, very often it's something very simple and we all overreact when we've got a problem sometimes, we don't look for the obvious. And so, you learn uh, to be very calm under very stressful situations. You know that we've got a machine problem right now and when my manager was asking me questions about it the other day, I was very calm and the staff noted that and I just said, "Listen." That's not the issue. Let's just deal with the issue. And so sometimes we can get confused in the madness of, of the operation yeah. and go in the wrong direction. So it's, you've got to have cool head you know, in, the, in this business. You know, whatever. If
0: you could give a young photographer, well, it doesn't have to be a young photographer, mm. a photographer setting out in this part of the business, right. one simple piece of advice, what would it be?
1: God, that's another good question. I'm going to have to think really carefully about this. Um... um I would guess in the beginning it would be um be prepared to work hard you know because you know nothing comes on a plate um you know this industry is a tough industry to be in and it's got tougher over the years mainly because of the size of the ships and 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 the speed of the operation and um, so so you know many people come out with their own preconceived ideas about you know what businesses I remember when I worked in articles we we basically had the time in the world to produce you know to produce whatever yeah. the product was you know there was never any pressure and then suddenly I came on board a ship and we're producing 80 90, 100 rolls a week you know yeah. and now you know you know I- even on these big ships now they're printing overnight you know There's sort of uh, you know they're up all night sort of like because the images need to be ready or the the hard copy prints need to be on the wall uh, the next day so if you're coming out here it's not a bed of roses I mean everybody wants to come because of the travel and you know and certainly there are some beautiful ships out there that travel all around the world but be prepared to work hard as well because um, this is um, not an easy industry to master um, you know because you you don't have you know you've seen what's been happening the last few days but. You you know you don't always have help at hand, so you have to think on your feet. So it's kind of interesting. So I think you'll 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 certainly grow up very quickly <laughs> on board a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I give them a the good answer there, but it's,
0: um, a, it's a reasonably good answer. Um, one last question: What's your favorite uh, photography book? As I'm building a library back at our studio of wow. every time someone gives me the book, or wow. gives me the name of the book, I go onto Amazon and order it. I've got this little library that's going. Oh, growing. good.
1: Okay. Well, here you go. Steve McCurry
0: yeah
1: I think it's called South Southwest
0: I think it is but I will double-check that and it, I will put that in the notes it is absolutely
1: of one of the most beautiful books I have ever seen in my life I, I remember I was in the um, I think it was Walker Art Gallery there was a library or there was a bookshop there or something in Liverpool and my heart stopped when I opened that book. I just thought, that is exactly what I want to do. Brilliant. And uh, it's a beautiful book, and right. I've treasured it all my life.
0: So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. A fantastic guy talking about a fantastic idea that he had all those years ago, the Master Collection on board uh, Crystal Cruises. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I really do hope... I say this every week. I don't know if anyone ever listens to this bit. Uh, If you've enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you have please do head across to iTunes in particular uh, and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, The rating is stars one to five. Hopefully you're going to give us a five-star review. That'd be really nice. If you're thinking of giving us a one-star review, instead of doing that, why don't you email me and let me know what we could do to make this podcast better. Uh, My email address, as always, is paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. That's paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, similarly, if it's a nice review, please do put it on to iTunes. If it's not such a good review, why don't you email that in uh, and let me know again how we could improve. Uh, please do subscribe wherever you get Uh, Your podcasts, we are on Podbean, we are on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, of course, uh, we're on Spotify, and we are on Radio Public. We're also syndicated out onto various other feeds, so just hit the subscribe button, and then every time we publish one of these, you will automatically be uh, notified, and next time you're down the gym, or doing some editing, or driving in the car, uh, you'll know there's a podcast uh, all about the world of portrait photography that might hopefully be of some interest. Uh, of course uh, you can head across to masteringportraitphotography.com as well if you're into portrait photography and I'm assuming if you're listening to this you probably are Uh, masteringportraitphotography.com is the home of this podcast um, and we have a ton of content on there in fact we've just changed the membership model on it Uh, we're now running masteringportraitphotography.com as a free membership site and what we're going to do is bolt on premium features as we go but certainly at this moment in time Uh, It is completely free. All we ask you to do is register, so we have your email address, uh, and you'll get a login, uh, and then you can uh, enjoy the content that we have on there uh, as we gradually build it up. There are articles, there are videos, there are image critiques that you can upload images to, uh, portrait images, that is, uh, and have them critiqued. And there's a fantastic forum, which is full of like-minded portrait photographers uh, who are all quite chatty and a really lovely bunch. Uh, So on that happy note, uh, until next week, remember... Be kind to yourselves. Take care.